Is your check engine light on? Let our professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And welcome back to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, on the show today, I want to do an update on Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick, yes, six months later, it is still in the box office. And you know why? Because it's not woke. And when you go woke, you go broke. We'll get to that in just a second. But my guest is C.R. Chad Stewart. That's right. He is an author. Britt Field and the Lost Crown. The series continues. Book three out now. You can get it at BrittField.com, Amazon, all great, fine bookstores everywhere. Britt Field and the Return of the Prince is book three. It is out, and with that being said, let's welcome him, Chad Stewart, back to Across the County. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Great to be back on your show. It's great to have you, as always. Well, first things first, let us talk about the phenomenon that is Top Gun Maverick, because I said it after the first viewing, and you have me on record. Texts, emails. I do. This movie would go big places. Now, I said it was going to be number one. It might not quite get there. But as we sit, Chad, if you look at the box office just here at home in the United States, it sits at the number five spot very comfortably, and it has really just taken the box office by storm. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, seven hundred and sixteen million dollars at the box office. And if you go global, it's at number 10 or it's actually trying to get at number 10. And being still in the box office, my claim, it will see through to the end of the year, to 2022, and it will get there. Right ahead of it is Furious 7, and it needs about $30 million to get there. Do you think it can make it? Heck, a lot of people didn't think it would even still be in theaters, but there's way too much right about this film to not have it make that mark. What do you think? I don't think it'll make 10 and I, I want it to, I've been, we've been discussing this for months. Uh, I've been checking the box office mojo every day to see how top 10 is doing. Uh, but I think it's just tapering off too much now, but, uh, I love your enthusiasm. I would love to see it at number 10. It needs to be at number 10. There's something very symbolic about being in the top 10. Um, truthfully, we discussed this, but I think, uh, they, they pulled the trigger too soon when they, they shifted it to cable. Yeah. You and I are in agreement. But uh, you know, if they waited literally, if they waited one more week, we would have had we would have that we might have had that extra push. It, but it's just like it just it instantly dropped. It was doing millions, and then it all of a sudden went down to hundreds of thousands. And so I would have just uh, waited until you were literally seeing just a drop off. Which yeah. I mean, it was losing money depending on what was out. But sure. I didn't see such a drop off to where they needed to just push it on the digital as quick as they did. No, that horrible movie Bullet Train, which was just awful nonsense uh came out you know and, and then that was competing and it was like you know number one and then you know after a couple of weeks you know top gun was starting to come up and i think it eventually bypassed bullet train but you always get that with any new movie that's coming out you know we'll take that first spot but but i think nine out of ten of them don't have legs and it's great it was wonderful for at least a couple of months to watch and i'm talking like the last couple of months to watch top gun uh still still remain in the top 10 and sometimes number five uh, and this is like four or five months into the game, five, you know, five months after being released. And so it was really, um, 
competing well. And you'd see these kind of new releases come out and whatever they did, three, five, 10 million or whatever. And then it's like, boom, next week they drop 63%. Yeah, it's been the most phenomenal movie I can remember hitting the box office in quite some time from a content perspective. It's nice that it's been making money along the way, but there's so much right about this film. And very quickly, you just recently gave a talk and you roped Top Gun Maverick into that talk Tell us about the reasons that this has become part of your platform. Because, there, again, there are so many right things about this movie, things that the cinema has been ignoring for quite some time. Yeah, with Bridgefield and the Lost Crown and the series and the movement and the Bridgefield dynasty that we've built and are building and that's moving nationally and globally, we're currently in um, produ- you know, development of the first Bridgefield in the Lost Crown movie. So it's going to be uh, seven major movies you know, following each of the seven books. And we believe and estimate that the Bitfield and Lost Crown movie will be one of the top grossing movies of all time, especially within the arena of family-friendly films. Now, with that said, you know, we're always doing research and you research what's out there and, and what's, you know, what, like in the last 25 years, because that's how you sort of encapsulate it. Uh, what are the top family-friendly movies? And quite frankly, we, we have not had any. <laughs> forever you know i'm i'm using references like uh, the blind side as far as a really great movie that you know for a 30 million dollar budget did 300 million and then obviously um the lion and the witch and the wardrobe c.s lewis but again i'm going back like national treasure movies yeah and the national treasure movies those are good those were those were fun good family films that you could take kids to grand grandparents could take their grandkids to and uh yeah so we have those references but they're all you know 10 15 20 years it's even more. It's really hard to find, you know, within, like, let's just say, 25 of the top uh, family-friendly, good, clean films. And so all of a sudden, Maverick comes out, and it's like, okay, finally, <laughs> something that's current. And what's great about it is not just current. It's like everyone has seen it, and it's an exciting. I mean, everyone in my circle has seen it. Everyone's gone out. I, I have a friend in um, Colorado Springs, uh, sort of my, my mentor, if you will, a global strategist, brilliant. And he, uh, he not only went out to see uh, Top Gun Maverick once, but he saw it twice. And he said, I haven't done that since Greece in 1977. <laughs> like I dare you back. to find somebody that's seen it 10 times like myself. No, you're, you're, you're like the hallmark. I mean, you, Tom, Tom Cruise has got to give you something. You Still know, waiting like, for that Tom Cruise phone call. So come on, Tom. Yeah, or, or, fly, or, or a fighter jacket. Exactly. Right? You know, like, that would be kind of cool. Nothing, you know, just like that. But uh, no, and so I did. I had the privilege of, I, it's now part of our pitch deck. It's now part of our um, program. We're talking about, you know, the Bitfield legacy. We're talking about our film. And uh, we can use it as a reference point. And it's wonderful. So I, I was giving a talk yesterday to a select group of people in Rancho Santa Fe and yeah you talk uh, about how it just fills the market yeah. the story is great I mean you, yeah. you don't need all these bombastic special effects although they do have some of them used sure. uh, the, the alpha male is able to return finally you know yeah. strong male characters and the great yeah. part about it Chad no agenda no PC no agenda. agenda no no and that's and that's what I love about it and you're right I mean it's it's, it's just a great clean story and we're all about story and i love what you said it didn't have all the big explosions and the special effects and yeah had some of it not much you know what i mean i mean we've all seen fighter fighter jet you know things and missiles and all that kind of stuff and that was almost like standard although well done and it was really cool but i mean it was all about it was all about relationships and story and dealing with the past and overcoming 
you know, personal conflict and relationships. It was just uh, literally a, a fantastic and brilliant film. Of course, I now own it, and it's now part of the uh, the library up there with The Great Escape, Star Wars, Sound of Music. It stands, and I never thought I would say this, and we'll get to your board game here in just a moment here on Across the County. I never thought you would have a movie top the classic The Empire Strikes Back, my all-time former favorite movie. And I walked out of seeing Top Gun thinking it was going to be an okay movie follow-up sequel, completely blown away, thinking, what the heck, Chad, did I just see? And by the second viewing, I was like, yep, new favorite movie. (laughs) Checks every box. I love that. And that's so funny how people are uh, so uh, interesting in, in Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And so many people um, gravitate towards uh, Return of the, I'm sorry, The Empire Strikes Back, which was, you know, very dark, right? Much darker, huge shift. And I feel like for me, with the trilogy of the seven book series, um, they feel the rise of the lion, which is book two and takes place in France. is It's a lot more intense, a lot more darker. And, and now, you know, uh, it's going to be just yeah. as good as the empire strikes back. If not better, little tease there. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So now Chad, let's get into something that I've been curious about since our last conversation. I knew that there was a Brit field. I don't know if it's just a Brit field world or a Brit field in the lost crown or exactly what the makeup of it is, but there's a Brit field board game What's the status on this? Because I'm a board game aficionado. Oh, yeah. Well, we, have, we will be having a lot of talks about that. So, um, yeah, it's part of our product development uh, side of, uh, you know, the Brickfield and Lost Crown series. Um, you know, we have other products that we've developed, uh, such as, like, you know, the audio book, uh, the e-book, and then obviously the soft and, and hardcover become that sort of uh, typical literary side of it. We have T-shirts and hats and other things, simple posters, et cetera. Um, I think a big product that goes national next year is the Britfield uh, and the Lost Crown two-act 90-minute play, which we started in October of last year in development. We launched it at Mission Viejo Christian School two weeks ago to great success, and I'm meeting with the uh, director Monday to sort of finalize details, clean up a few loose ends, tighten a little bit of the script have it completely packaged, and it goes out to elementary and middle schools across the nation and abroad uh, next year, starting in the third week in January. So that is, that's a huge product. But let's talk about the board game because that's fun. Uh, we're going to start development on the board game in January. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, we have about uh, five to seven, maybe seven to ten select schools across the nation where we have done um, author visits or virtual author visits. And they're like just you know really great schools. And we're going to do a fun contest with those schools uh, that have all read the Bitfield Lost Crown book and love it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're going to do a fun six-week contest with them to develop their own board game for it, working within pro- parameters. Now, meanwhile, we're developing it on our own side, but I think this is going to be kind of a fun way to bring in our age group, <laughs> the ones that are going to be playing this game, and uh, acquiring just some really great insight and some great ideas. And, of course, every school will win, you know, as far as um, – not win, but every school will receive, you know, two, $300 for a pizza party, and then we'll have a grand prize winner for the best presentation, best, best concept. Um, but this will be big. The board game is going to be huge. If all goes well, it could launch uh, next Christmas time, you know, November, December, uh, just because we have, we have, we have great, a great team um, as far as development. Now, is this going to be based off just the first book itself or it just the series overall? I think we're just going to go with the first book for now. I think there's so much in the first book. Um, as many have said, like, I can't believe you took book one and turned it into a play because it's like, 
as you as you well know, it's like you know you start up in Yorkshire at the orphanage, and then you have Oxford, Windsor, London, and Canterbury. There's a, it's kind of those five key areas, and so I think it'd be a lot of fun to sort of you can almost visually see the board game starting up in Yorkshire and, and moving all the way down to Dover. And uh, I've got some ideas myself, and I've got a great team. But it's interesting of all things today. I met with our uh, international lawyer for lunch. Uh, he's, he's phenomenal. He's helped us with all the trademarks and licensing. And we were talking a little bit about our products and the play. And of all things, he's, uh, he's headed out to Toronto in two weeks, meeting with the largest um, game manufacturer, I believe, in the world. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Thought, literally, that just happened like hours ago. And I thought, how serendipity? Because I said, and so I gave him a couple of Britfield books, and I said, make sure he, he gets these and reads it. Because, well, you know um, why this is so important? We, yeah. we mentioned that last time you were on the show, and I had no idea, as much as I love board games, it's kind of the one area that year to year you see an increase in sales. 5%. Yeah. It's a, I forget the numbers now. I think it's 2 to $3 billion industry. And we're talking, we're talking board games. We're talking like paper. Cards, yeah, non-video non- games. Yeah, I'm not talking anything digital or, or video. It's, it's, and, and you would think, um, uh, counterintuitively, you'd think, you know, like the board game, you know, physical board games has been decreasing by X amount every year because of everything online and blah, 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 and laptop and all that other stuff. And There's no, nothing better, Chad, than sitting around the yeah. table with family and friends, oh, yeah. whether it's a quick 30-minute game or if you're like me and you like to play the long, drawn-out games that take five, six hours. Great conversation, lots of bonding. I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere. No, it's not. And and I, I know there's been sort of, if you will, an, uh, an effort to do that by getting everything digital or even with eBooks. And I talked, I pitched this yesterday in our research, but you know, if the eBook market is flatlined at seven to 8% and that's it, it's not going anywhere. Everybody, all the kids and everyone else loves the books. They love the hardcover. They love the soft cover. They like to hold it, they like to read it. They like to collect it. So the whole paper market, which is increasing by five to seven percent, also every year, it's it's in a huge spike. Um, I know with our own book printer, which is uh, back east, um, you know, usually you, you could put an order in for a thousand, five thousand books, or even ten thousand, and, and get a pretty good turnaround between six to eight weeks. They're, they're six months out now. I mean, they're just absolutely backlogged uh, because there's such an increase in the paper market and book market. It's come back like full circle, and it's come back angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Here to stay. Now, is like, there a particular to... type of game? We'll, we'll end with this, but because yeah. I want to give the audience a little flavor of what the game might particularly look like. Obviously, you have a lot of details to fill in as you go. Is this going to be kind of like a risk kind of a game where you're sitting around and you're going to all these different places, you're collecting all these different items, and maybe it takes three to five hours to get to the end of the game? Or is this going to be more of like a family friendly, you can knock this out in a half an hour kind of a conquest? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question, which, which uh, makes me think about having different sort of versions of it. Um, like you can play it this way, or play it that way. I, I was talking with uh, one of our uh, retailers uh, who, who's uh, you know, in 55,000 schools and Britain lost crown the number one middle school book for that. And he's, his background's in retail. And he goes, if you can, if you can take, um, let me say, if you could take uh, life and, and clue and combine those, you've got a winner. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. That is a very but, interesting concept. And I love both those games. Yeah. And if you can find a way to do it, you might have one heck of a hit, whatever that looks like. But, but I, will, I will end with this because what we'll do with it, though, too, is it's not sort of like just roll the dice, move it a little bit, pull a card. 
but there's going to be things where it's clues and, and things you have to figure out. And obviously like every time you can, it will end very different. I don't mean someone different, meaning someone wins or has all the money like in monopoly, but, but with different outcomes, like profound outcomes. And so it's like, you have to think it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll hit the four C's creativity, critical thinking, communication, collaboration. And so it, it could, it could be two, two kids playing it. It could be a group of two and they're, and they're working off of each other and, so I think it's going to be, it, it'll be fun. It will, it'll be a, a lot of fun. It's all about fun and creativity, but it will be that type of thinking game too, where it's like, um, you know, wow, you didn't expect that or, or some kind of clue that you've got to figure out and things like that. So it'll be moving. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're going to get yeah. Brit Field fans that have read the books, possibly even depending on when, um, you know, I don't know how many, depending on on when it comes out. I know you're going to begin uh, a lot of the major work in January, I believe you said, but yeah. you're also going to get fans of just great board games that have never read the books and they're going to play this board game. What is this Britfield world? I'm assuming somewhere on the box, it's going to say Britfield.com and they're going to be opened up to a whole new realm that they had never discovered before. So there's a lot of good that can come from this board game. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because we've got a um, nice relationship with a, a vice president over at Monopoly USA. Or no, it's called, uh, uh, well, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's USA Monopoly or, Opoly or something like that. It, and they do all the Monopoly games. And, um, and so we've had a discussion there, and we'll come back full circle because they're, they're the experts. But they're, I think, And I think you mentioned this, too, but there's a team of people out there um, that you can collaborate, and, and they try to break your game. And, and they'll do it for free because they love doing it. It's not like you have to hire them for a thousand bucks. So these are like, these are like expert gamers, you know, like, especially within the realm of, of um, board games. And uh, you, you'll give them your concept. You'll, you'll actually give them a game and they will literally like try to break it. Meaning what's wrong with this? Why does it work? It's stupid. You know what I mean? Whatever it is and, uh, and hammer it. And so we'll have, we'll have a bunch of them lined up too, which will be very interesting once we, finalize it and call it your first draft, you know what I mean? And get it as good as you can and then send it out to these guys and see what they come up with. And um, so it'll go through a, what I guess what I'm saying is it'll go through a very rigorous um, process, but it absolutely, it's kind of like book one, you know, I'm like, I, I, the manuscript of this in lost crown book one went out to over 200 um, middle school students. I think anywhere from like 11 to 13 uh, and they got to read it. And then um, they got a survey and filled out that two and a half, page survey. And then I met with them at different schools, you know, the library and stuff and got their feedback. And so the point is, is we dial it in with our audience. You know, we're not trying to create a concept game based on what we think or adults think, you know, but, but, but what the kids think and they're very savvy and smart and candid. They know what they want. So, and that's where I think roping the kids in at the school level, which you guys have done every step of the way with this Britfield saga is the right thing to do. And you're going to find the right fit for this game and if it yeah. resonates with kids at school, it's probably going to resonate everywhere else. Exactly. And that's how Bitfield's been. You know, it, went, it went through that. I mean, of course, it went through all the professional edits and feedback and reviewers and et cetera. But it started with, with, with our reading audience. It started with the kids, the students. And, uh, and they loved it. But, but we tweaked some things that were a little bit unclear or some things that didn't quite fit. Uh, and we took their, their insight. You know, um, it was priceless. Well, you take that, kid so. insight very personally because, yeah, you want you obviously want to see success with the book, with the movies, with the board game, and that's nice. But at the end of the day, you're doing it for their benefit. You have always been in this in the long run, Chad, for the kids and wanting to see their success creatively, educationally, and bringing back things that they have missed in the public school system for quite some time. Uh, there are good public schools out there before anybody harps on me, but that's not what I'm saying here. <laughs> 
And so you should be applauded for that. And I think that's great stuff. Well, I appreciate that. And um, it's fun, even with the Deerfield play, which goes national next year. I mean, it was so fun to bring it into school. These kids were thrilled. They knew that they were part of the very first play. And, and we've talked a lot with you know others afterwards. And it's like, this is something that they'll remember for the rest of their life. You know, not just that they did this play, but they did the Britfield play. They were the first to pilot this at the school. And, we, and they were making changes and tweaks, you know, throughout. <laughs> Michelle was tweaking this and tweaking that, and, and, and uh, it was wonderful. It had that kind of free flow because I wasn't like, nope, this was the script. Stick to every word. And, of course, like um, in, the, in the world of theater, you have to because you're licensing that play, and you cannot alter it. Uh, you can't um, alter, you know, any of the dialogue. And, and you might miss a line or you might kind of improv, but I'm saying you've got to stick to it. And, um, but we had that flexibility to make the play even work better, um, let, letting them have that, you know, creativity license. And, um, and it was, it was an amazing moment. It was, it was, it was incredible. I was up there for all four nights watching it and rallying them and I'd go behind stage and giving them high fives and, and, you know, just exciting them and getting them encouraged. And it was, it was amazing. Well, keep up the good work, and uh, we're definitely going to get an update on this board game. If anything transpires, or you need a beta tester, I mean, let's be honest about that, you let me know, yeah. and we'll uh, work it out here on the show, and, you know, maybe we can have uh, Brickfield Game Night at the at the NOAA household. But oh, people, if you're that. listening to this, I want you to check it out now. The game's not out, but you can get the books. Britfield.com. You can go to Amazon. You can go to your fine retailers. Britfield and the Lost Crown is where you're going to start. You're also going to have two amazing books after that, including the brand new one, Britfield and the Return of the Prince. Don't forget about Britfield and the Rise of the Lion. Three amazing books. Seven book series. It continues. It will be made, all of them, each of them, into a major motion picture. This is going to see records like you've never seen before. The movement continues. The Britfield movement, it continues with the Britfield board game. We'll be getting updates on that. Chad Stewart, thanks for stopping by, talking Top Gun and all things Britfield, including the board game. We appreciate it. Ah, you're welcome, though. Always, always a delight and privilege to be on the show. Well, I will also leave you with this because I was just going over just a couple of details. We haven't talked Devonfield in a while, the uh, lovely institute that you're a part of and founded. And I think we should talk about that next time. And also just all of the different movies over the years that have been creative successes. I think that'd be a great way to end the year. Yeah, I would love to do that. We're going to talk about it all on Across the County as we get updates from Chad Stewart. And we're going to talk about the Devonfield amazing institute that he is a part of and founder of and creativity next time on the show. Chad Stewart, thanks for stopping by. Uh, always a privilege. Thank you, Noah. Noah here in Across the County. Go to Brittfield.com. Join the movement. Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink. 